0: Design principles are becoming increasingly popular amongst businesses seeking to improve the experience of their customers. But what exactly are they and how do they help? Senior management are very good at establishing goals, but they're much worse at clearly defining how the company will achieve those goals. Instead, staff fall back on personal experience or the informal processes that have grown up within the organization. And generally speaking, this approach works reasonably well. After all, people are hired for their experience and ability to deliver on their job description. However, in the case of digital, things are not quite so straightforward. Because of the relative new nature of digital, most organizations lack the culture and set of processes designed for digital. Also, many of those involved in the decision-making process relating to digital lack much experience in the field. One of the solutions adopted by many organizations to address this problem are digital principles. From Silicon Valley startups like Airbnb to multinational companies like IBM, design principles are being adopted. But what exactly are they? According to the authors of the book Universal Principles of Design, design principles are aimed to help designers find ways to enhance usability, influence perception, increase appeal, teach users and make sound design decisions during projects. And although this is true, I would argue that design principles have begun to take an even broader role. In fact, calling them design principles at all is slightly misleading, and that's because these principles often provide guidance that extends well beyond people's mental model of design. I prefer to to think of them as a set of principles for the delivery of digital services, a framework within which to operate, a structure made up of rules, guidelines, and considerations that need to be taken into account when creating digital services. Digital principles are not a definitive roadmap from A to B, like you would find with a set of standard operating procedures. Instead, they're more like a compass, pointing in the right direction and providing guidance against which you can measure your decisions. If all of this is sounding a bit nebulous, well, I don't blame you, really. Design principles have become a bit of a buzzword that people have latched onto, but they do offer real benefits. The value of design principles for improving your efficiency in delivering digital projects is not something you should underestimate. For a start, design principles are a great way of educating colleagues and other stakeholders and ensuring that they make better decisions in the project. Better educated stakeholders lead to faster and more informed decision making. And design principles help uh, establish a framework for decision-making, providing guidance about the right decisions and, and how to go about making them without the need to lecture or patronize stakeholders. In fact, the act of establishing your principles can be an educational exercise in itself. By looking at the design principles of others, you can help gently show stakeholders what a better approach to digital is. Equally, as you discuss the digital principles, you have an opportunity to explain the thinking that lies behind them. Admittedly, educating stakeholders and establishing design principles takes time, but this is time that is worth spending as it reduces problems further down the line. Issues such as disagreements over the best approach to take. Because when a stakeholder makes an uninformed or damaging suggestion, you can use your design principles to realign their thinking without it returning into a confrontation. For example, imagine that a stakeholder wants to add additional fields to a form that a user must complete during sign-up. Fields that only exist to give the company demographic information on users. Instead of getting into an argument about the merits or otherwise of the idea, you can refer back to your design principles that you established at the start of the project. Policies such as always put the user's needs first or make the tough calls to keep things simple. By referring to these design principles that were agreed early on, you're not actually criticizing somebody's idea for wanting to add the extra fields into the form. You're just saying that it's not a fit with how everyone decided to approach the project. Is about implementing an agreed set of principles, not rejecting or criticizing somebody's idea. That approach is even more useful when you've got two opposing ideas, as design principles can often be used to break the deadlock. In short, design principles can reduce time wasted on disagreements over approach, but they could also lead to faster and better decision-making too. Digital projects can feel overwhelming at times. Part of the problem is that there are so many different approaches that you could take. So many different ways of achieving your desired goals and overcoming challenges. That makes digital projects especially tricky, especially in the early days when you're trying to establish the right direction. Making a mistake at this stage could mean wasted hours further down the line. Traditionally, this is where a specification would come in but creating a specification is time-consuming and often they're not particularly well-informed. On the other hand, a set of design principles provides enough of a framework to help ensure that the project is moving in the right direction from day one. But design principles don't just help with decision-making at the start of the project, they're also invaluable in the midst of the project when we start to lose our way. Working without a detailed specification and continually adjusting based on user feedback can be disorientating. You can feel lost in the myriad of possibilities and overwhelmed by the amount of data. But design principles don't just point you in the right direction. Well used, they can also help realign the entire company. Your ability to deliver digital projects effectively is going to be constrained by the broader organization. Your digital team could work in the most efficient way possible, but if the rest of the company isn't approaching things in the same way, it's going to limit what's possible. Unfortunately, this problem is all too common. I often encounter digital teams who proudly tell me that they work in an agile way Yet, in truth, they do not. Although their team has adopted some aspects of Agile, they're trapped in a departmental production line. Because digital projects require so many different parts of the organization to work together, you can only really achieve digital efficiency when the entire organization's culture starts to shift. And cultural change is hard. And cultural change is hard, and no one approach is going to make it a reality. But design principles do have the potential to contribute. The Government Digital Service here in the UK used their design principles as a critical component in a government-wide education program. They turned them into posters, included them in their service manual and referred to them often in meetings. Design principles can become a mantra that starts to influence thinking. Almost a bit like an earworm or a meme If you repeat them enough, they become embedded in the organization's collective mindset. In fact, the very act of including people from across the organization in the creation of these uh, design principles encourages people to consider new ways of thinking and working. And that brings us on to the question of how you go about establishing your design principles. The key to success of your design principles is that they have near universal support. In other words, we need as many people as possible to agree that they are a good set of standards upon which you're going to build the organization's digital future. And to achieve that, we need a collaborative approach in their creation. If people are not involved in their production, then they will feel that the principles are being forced upon them and they're going to resist them. So often, a good starting point of this process is to run a workshop. Like so many things in digital, there's no definitive way of running a workshop to establish design principles. However, I can share with you my approach. I tend to make the workshop an open invite. In other words, I encourage anyone who wants to come to attend. When I invite people, I make a point of emphasizing that the workshop will lay the foundation for digital moving forward, and so it's a crucial uh, moment in the company's future, and that encourages people um, to actually uh, bother attending. However, I do ensure specific critical stakeholders can attend before I set the date. You want at least one senior executive in the room, as well as a good cross-section of your digital team. In preparation for the workshop, I will research the design principles of other companies and make a collection of between, I don't know, 30 and 50 candidate principles to start the discussion. A site like principles.design is an excellent source, as is design principles for the win. It's always good to give people a starting point, as coming up with principles from scratch is hard, especially if you've never done it before. Print each of your example principles on a separate card and have enough sets of cards to allow for multiple groups in the workshop. Once the workshop starts, split attendees down into groups. Pairs is okay if the group is small, but never have more than about six people in a group as quiet attendees will end up feeling like the others haven't really heard their opinion. Give each group a stack of those cards and ask them to narrow the options by discarding cards that they don't think are a good fit for the company. They are also free to create their own cards if they come up with anything that is not listed in the set that they've got. However, by the end, they should be left with no more than about 10 cards. Once that is done, bring the group back together and compare the cards group duplicates together so you're you're able to see which cards were the most popular, and lay out all of the options on a table for everyone to see. At this point, you're probably going to have more than 10 cards unless all the groups happen to agree on the same ones. You can reduce this list further through something called dot voting. Dot voting is a technique for avoiding endless discussion in all kinds of different areas. Each person is given three votes in the form of self-adhesive dots. They can then stick these dots on a card um, that they think is of particular value and should be included in the final list. They can either place all three dots on one principle that they like the look of or spread those dots across several cards. If you've got more senior stakeholders in the room, you could choose to give them more dots. That will reduce the chance of them overruling a decision later on because they've had their senior position recognised. Once the group has voted, you will be able to see which cards don't have much support and you can remove these cards until you've got less than 10 remaining. At this point, it's worth discussing the remaining cards. In particular, ask the group what the cost of implementing those cards would be. In other words, if we adopt the approach outlined on the card, what would the company have to do differently? You see, for design principles to have any value, they must encourage the organization to work in new ways, and that will inevitably come with a cost. It is essential that everyone is clear about that cost going in, otherwise the design principles will become nothing more than hollow words. That's why in my design principle workshops, I encourage attendees to think through the consequences of the design principles that they have selected. Split your attendees down into small groups and give each group one or more of the principles to discuss. Ask them to write down in one or two sentences um, how the company would need to change in order for them to be able to implement that chosen principle. For example, if one of the principles was we prioritize user needs above all else, they might write something like, For example, we will focus our website on addressing user questions rather than pushing our agenda through marketing campaigns. This discussion is not always particularly comfortable. When attendees start to consider the cost of their principles, they may wish to revise them. And that's okay and may be necessary. It's better to have that discussion now rather than in the midst of the project. But be careful. Don't allow the design principles to become so watered down they're virtually meaningless. Because not all design principles have value. A good design principle should stand for something. In other words, it should come at a cost. By implementing your principle, it should mean stopping doing something else, as I've outlined earlier. But there is more to a good design principle than just that. A good design principle should also differentiate you from the competition. One way of knowing whether your principle differentiates itself or not is to look at its opposite. So, for example, if your principle is we put customers first, the opposite would be we never put customers first. Now, let's be honest, there's no way any company um, is ever going to take that position if they want to stay in business. So that's a sign that maybe that principle isn't really good enough and it fails to differentiate them and you need to do some more work. But if a principle was, we build for everyone, then the opposite, we focus on a specific audience, is a legitimate position for a company to choose. And so maybe that is a better principle. Not that all principles need to do this. Some of your principles will need to exist to counterbalance an inherent or unspoken bias in the company culture. For example, if decision-making tends to be driven by the gut instinct of the most senior person in the room, a principle such as, we make decisions with data, might be required. But although some principles need to encourage new behavior, others can also reassure. Digital working practices often clash with existing culture, and that can make people nervous. That nervousness can lead to resistance, which we want to avoid if we want our projects to be as efficient as possible. So to avoid this problem, you can use some of your design principles to reassure people. For example, imagine your company is very risk averse and tends to rely heavily on specifications and committees to mitigate those risks. That's not the kind of behavior you're going to want to see on your digital projects, and so you're going to need to change it. But if you just ditch the committees and specification, you are going to meet resistance. But if you can replace them with an appropriate set of design principles focused on reducing risk, this will make the removal of committees and specifications easier to swallow. So for example, you could have a principle that reads, we validate ideas through continual testing. That not only reassures, but it also educates colleagues about best practice in digital. And one of the most significant benefits, as I said earlier, of digital principles is their ability to change culture through education. They show people a different way of working. The result is a good design principle should educate people. And that means that we're probably going to need a degree of explanation to go alongside them. For example, it's not enough to write design with data as a good design principle. You need to go on to explain why. For example, the UK digital service uses design for data as one of their principles, but they go on to write, let data drive decision making, not hunches or guesswork. Keep doing that after taking your service live, prototyping and testing with users, then iterating in response. Analytics should be built in, always on and easy to read. They are essential tools. They also link to more detailed information on why this is the right approach. And without this context, the principle may, may well make little sense to people outside the digital field. That brings us to the question of how we should be using our digital principles. The worst thing that can happen with a set of digital principles is they end up stuffed in a drawer somewhere where no one looks at them. Often being consigned to the intranet is equally as unfortunate. For design principles to be useful, they have to be visible. Only then can they start to change people's thinking and shift company culture. Shift it in a way that breaks down departmental barriers, linear project management processes and other business practices that undermine the efficiency of delivering an outstanding digital service. Achieving this will involve tapping into your inner marketer. You need to come up with creative ways of making sure your design principles are in front of people all the time. Now, at the most basic level, this will involve merely referencing them a lot. I once worked with a client who had no culture of testing in the organization, but instead relied solely on endless debate to make decisions. Unfortunately, the digital team didn't have any authority to change anything. My suggestion was very simple, just to start saying let's test that every time there was a disagreement or decision to be made. I knew that others would reject the idea initially, but I encouraged the group just to keep saying the same words every time there was an opportunity. Let's test that. By repeating this same phrase again and again, it eventually started to stick in people's heads. Finally, in one particularly heated debate, the senior manager in the room just got so frustrated that she said, well, let's test that and see. Before long, it became a mantra in the company and the culture began to shift. But endlessly repeating, your design principles won't get the job done alone. That's where you need to get more creative. Turn your principles into posters, add them to mouse mats, replace everybody's default screensavers. Don't wait for permission, just do it. Sneak into the office at night and replace all those framed pictures of executives accepting awards with posters of your design principles. If nothing else, it'll get people talking. Hold lunchtime sessions that explain the principles and bribe people to come with food. Wear t-shirts with your principles printed on them. Hand out postcards with the principles on at the start of every project. Do whatever it takes to ensure people can't ignore them. Only then will they start to make a difference. Now, admittedly, this all sounds like a lot of work, but it's worth it. It's worth it because it embeds those principles in organizational thinking. And your digital projects will become considerably more efficient and you're going to start to save a lot of time and money as a result.